Welcome back, lads and ladettes, to episode 89. We're uh, just around the corner from 90, and uh, we got some good momentum, Philly. Yeah, we do. We got a couple things in the works right now. I know some important stuff was just submitted the other day by the by you, so we'll be uh, we'll be previewing that ourselves to see kind of where we go from in that direction. But it's pretty exciting to have that finally coming to fruition. There's a lot of things that we kind of talk about on here. We're like, oh, maybe we can do this, maybe we can do that. But this is one thing that we really have set our sights on and have taken the next steps to getting it going, not just for us, but for our listeners and stuff as well. We think we have some cool stuff coming on the way here. Not This is not even in terms of guests or episodes or anything along those lines. This is just no, some things extra. that we... Yeah, extracurricular stuff yeah. from the lads and launchers that we think will be pretty cool and that our listeners will be able to enjoy as well as ourselves. It'll be cool to see it out there. Not really going to get into that too much because I kind of want it to be a surprise. We'll lead up to that as things come out. But having an, something submitted and moving forward in that direction is pretty cool. It's pretty cool to have like that. Okay, it's on, it's on the way. It's under running here. But I'm excited about that. Aside from that, guests and stuff that we've got on the show previously has been some really cool stuff for us to be able to talk to and experience. But this episode I think is really cool for us because we've had friends on the show before. Um, they've kind of dropped, dropped in and either participated in segments or competitions or even just special events. Like you think about our Christmas episode where we had Simony and Brown, Ang and Kent jump in and talk about Christmas movies, Christmas music and all that kind of stuff. And it was pretty cool to have them part of that. But to actually be able to speak to one of our friends about like their careers and how they've developed over since coming out of high school, I know a lot of people go through changes of what they expect to come to them in their lives or what they expect their lives are going to be like. But this guy, it's like really, really cool to get to talk to just about like drastic changes that he went through in short time spans. And it's like, I'm hard to imagine that you'd go through something to that extent in like such a split second, almost kind of thing. But like to hear his perspectives on why he made these changes is really respectable because he made these changes for like his himself and what was going to make him happy. It's kind of cool to hear that. It's also just cool to hear like how he completely went from one end of things to the other in a matter of, yeah, I don't like, I don't like this anymore. I don't want to do this anymore. So it's kind of cool to just hear that from a friend, like someone we know really well, and you almost just didn't even know part of the story. So it's cool for us to get to hear that. Yeah, man. I couldn't agree more. Like just going from one extreme to the other, from, from one particular like niche, like, I guess sport or, or his like interest and then yeah. flip the script and do something almost pulls a Troy, kind of a Troy Bolton, uh, type move like you'll 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 see what we're talking about later in the episode but we don't want to give too much away um but it was a super cool interview i agree it was probably one of my favorites this is somebody that i really haven't spoken to at all after high school i mean i've run into him at the bar a couple times at at laurier um it was always really nice dude so it was it was great one to catch up with him and two like i was blown away blown away by by the stories he had to share and like like path of his career, I, I it was super commendable. The guy yeah. was, was an absolute hustler and uh, made stuff happen for happen for himself and deserves every bit of the success he's got. So I I think you guys will enjoy this one. I know we certainly did. But Philly episode eighty nine, we got two stallions in, yeah. uh, for our player battle. Uh, I'm not going to give anything away right now, but the player competition very accurately reflects the players that we have chosen. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. Do you want to break down the competition? You want to take the floor? Because I we've been doing these like weird competitions that you find in the world yeah. uh, in recent episodes, but this one, we kind of mix it up a little bit. I think we should introduce the players first. That way the competition okay. will make more sense. Okay, okay. All right, yeah, that makes sense, actually. All right. Well, episode 89, as you said, two stallions of competitors here. Um, let's get into it. Our first competitor. He was drafted in the fifth round, 89th overall by the Buffalo Sabres in the 1988 NHL entry draft. He played 16 seasons in the NHL for the Buffalo Sabres, Vancouver Canucks, New Jersey Devils, and the Toronto Maple Leafs. In his 16-year career, he totaled 990 games played, 473 goals, 559 assists for 1,032 total points, averaging 1.04 points per game a world junior silver and gold medalist, a world championship gold medalist, an Olympic gold medalist, a Lady Bing trophy recipient, a Maurice Richard trophy recipient, and a Stanley Cup champion to complete the elite membership to the Triple Gold Club, a six foot, 209 pound right winger from Khabarovsk, 
Russia, Alexander McGillney. His competitor in the episode 89 player battle. He was drafted in the first round, fifth overall by the Chicago Bears in the 1961 NFL Draft. He played a 10-year NFL career for the Chicago Bears, Philadelphia Eagles, and the Dallas Cowboys. In 158 games played, he totaled 427 receptions, 5,812 yards, and 43 touchdowns. He was an NFL Rookie of the Year, a five-time Pro Bowl selection, and a six-time All-Pro. He's an NFL champion with the 1963 Bears and is a one-time Super Bowl champion as a player, as well as a two-time Super Bowl champion as a coach. He's a member of the College and Pro Football Hall of Fame, and he was named to the NFL 75th and 100th anniversary all-time teams, a 1961 NFL Offensive Rookie of the Year, a two-time first-team All-Pro, a three-time second-team All-Pro, and a man whose number is retired by both the Chicago Bears and the Pittsburgh Panthers with number 89 going up to the Raptors. He's been listed as one of the 100 greatest Chicago Bears of all time, a unanimous All-American in 1960, a 6'3", 228-pound tight end from Carnegie, Pennsylvania, Iron Mike Ditka. Phil, there is no smoking in the house. <laughs> you know what? I think that, so you know. Mike Ditka, legend from one of my one of my all-time favorite movies, honestly. We did a bracket. We did a bracket of Will Ferrell's greatest movie. Yeah. And this Kicking and Screaming came out as number one. Yeah. Which I honestly don't think, man, he's got stepbrothers. He's got the other guys. He's got some great flex. But this movie is so well-rounded. It's got something for the whole family. And it's just hilarious. I've rewatched it 600 times, and it never gets any less funny. Um. And Mike Dick is an integral part of that. Mm -hmm. So if you've seen that movie, you know exactly who we're talking about. Intimidating man, fists like a small truck, as uh, Phil Weston describes. So in honor of that movie, the competition that we have in store for you today, lads and ladats, is a minor soccer coaching challenge. They have to coach a minor league soccer team from beginning of the season to the end of the season. And whoever does the best or wins the championship is the winner of this competition. Uh, and some people may be sitting here like, oh, if my dick is going to win, he already has experience. No, he left. He quit. He walked out. We'll never know what Mike Dick could have done for these young, young folk. So I don't know. I think it's a pretty equal playing ground. What do you think? I think it is pretty equal. The only thing is that we don't know McGillney's coaching experience. We don't know what he's been up to in that kind of aspect. You're right mm-hmm. about Ditka and like, he's been a real NFL coach and he's been a coach of a minor league soccer team in a movie. But he, as you said, he walked away, like he quit. We, we don't really know what he could have done. So from that standpoint, like there is a lot of questions in the air, but McGee, who do you, who do you think takes the, this challenge? Um, I think, uh, Man, that's tough. I, I want to say Mike Ditka takes it, not because of kicking and screaming, not because of his NFL coaching uh, career. Because it is, it's kids. It's completely different. Um, yeah. The only reason I'm going to go with Iron Mike Ditka is because I'm not sure how how um, Alex Mogilny's English sc- skills are. Okay. And even if they are okay. But what if he's coaching a Russian, what if he's coaching a Russian minor soccer team, Ooh. youth soccer team? They don't need English. Then you know what? I uh that's okay, that's true. If that's the case, I think I'm going to pick like Alex Mogilny. And here yeah. it may be a kind of an unorthodox selection, but here's my my reasoning behind my decision. I think that um Mike Ditka is yeah, he's a good coach, two times or three times Super Bowl champion as a coach, whatever the case may have been. But I think that hockey, specifically the style of hockey the Russians played in terms of puck possession and all that jazz is way more similar to soccer okay. than football is to soccer. Right. And I think if Alex Mogilny implements like the, the CC, CLP, whatever, like the Soviet union uh, tactics and strategies and puck possession system to soccer, I think that that's something that he's got a good knowledge of um, with his international experience. And I think that's something he could directly translate to his uh, little, little Russian team. Yeah, I'm going to same page. I'm taking McGillney in this one. And I know Ditka has the coaching experience, but here's the thing is when I said that he could be coaching little like Russian kids, it just like triggered something and made my mind go to this is that 
let's say it's like Ditka is coaching American youth soccer and McGillney is coaching Russian youth soccer. And they bring like a, this Russian youth team to whatever tournament and they meet in the middle grounds and they play the little youth um, Russians versus the youth Americans. I think the Russians would take this one as well. And I think McGillney, part of it would just be the era of hockey that he grew up in, especially coming from Russia. He was probably so disciplined and regimented. Plus throw in the fact that he played for Lou Lamorello on the New Jersey Devils. He's going to have these kids like they're not even going to be able to grow facial hair, but they're going to have to shave every morning and like (laughs) have a perfectly cut haircut, no long hair. They're all going to have to wear the exact same thing. Like I'm just picturing all these Russian kids. And I think that even if his, cause I think that they both, they might know the exact same amount of soccer, to be honest with you, McGillney and Ditka. Like, let's just say they know the exact same amount and it strictly comes down to like, not even systems or technique or anything like that, but just like regimented and keeping kids disciplined and stuff. I know Dick has a force and he's going to be feared a bit, but like McGillney transferring that Russian discipline, I think it's got, it's got a huge edge on Dick here. I don't think anything Dick could do, no matter his intimidation tactics, I don't think anything he could do could top McGillney's like Russian discipline and Lou Lamorello inspired discipline into these kids. Yeah, I honestly think that you raise a very incredible point about like the cultural differences between the Russians and Americans, and especially in today's day and age with all like the millennial parents and whatnot, like babying and pampering their children. Yeah, there's no way that's happening in Russia. Yeah, there's no way that's happening in Russia. These people are just like stone cold. (laughs) Like, yeah, they are stone cold killers. And Mike Ditka may be kind of intense. Like his his era is now so far gone that if he's tough with these with these uh, children and trying to like Mm -hmm. run a tight ship, these parents are going to lose their minds they're pull their kids just, yeah they're gonna pull their kids i don't think that that the american kids will will respond um well to to firm but fair i yeah. think it's all like participation ribbons and like let's all have fun and yeah i don't think that uh i think mogilney will, will run a tight ship and yes kids may be upset but too damn bad man you're in you're in mother russia yeah shape this up. is the homeland and he's gonna, gonna make us put, whip these kids into shape like yeah. it's just gonna be yeah so yeah, McGillney takes this one minor soccer league coaching competition. You play in the summer, June, July, August playoffs come. They make it all the way through the playoffs. They play each other in the finals. McGillney takes this one. I just don't think there's any way. I think it's like an underdog story where the Americans come in and they're like, oh, we're going to do it. Like this is the coffee. miracle yeah. on ice. And then it's like, nah, no, no, sorry, not this time. McGillney's got you guys beat. And uh, that's just the way it is. So I'm taking, I'm taking McGillney in this one. I think he's got it. However, there is a point to be made about... So I was watching uh, Ted Lasso. Season two just came out yesterday. Mm. They're doing the whole thing where it's like they're releasing one episode per week, which yeah. I can't do anymore because I'm just so accustomed to having all my like shows and stuff that I watch readily available for whenever I want to watch them. That right. now, now that I have to go back to one a week, it's just a pain in the ass. I'm not, I'm not like... I'm, I've grown too spoiled right. uh, with my TV consumption. So... There was a play in Ted Lasso where the guy, the coach, knows nothing about soccer. He was a football coach, mm-hmm. like an American football coach, like Mike Ditka. And to confuse one of the best teams in the league, he ran a football play because the team didn't know how to react. Like They're like, what the hell do we do? This is so unorthodox. Yeah. How the hell do we like counter this? So they ran a football play on the, on the, on the pitch or on the field, whatever you want to call it. And it worked out well. Granted, it's just a TV show. Kicking and screaming is just a movie, but who knows? Maybe that lack of knowledge and his American football um, knowledge might come in handy for some trick plays. But regardless, I'm still going with Mogilly. I'm sticking with my guns. Yeah, I think that's a valid point. I think it might raise the level of competition to be like more competitive, but I still think Mogilly takes us on. But Anyways, there's our episode 89 player battle. McGillney versus Mike Ditka. McGillney takes this one youth soccer coaching competition. I think we had to play the factors of the Russians versus the Americans into this one. And the skill, the teams themselves might have played a little bit of a factor, but I think that McGillney, regardless, wins this competition. We're pretty unanimous here that McGillney takes it. I think it's a, it's yeah. a tough competition. It's not a walk away, but we both pick McGillney here. 2-0 on McGillney. McGillney's our episode 89 player battle champion. Both great resumes, but you know who else has a star-studded resume at this point in, in, in his career? That's our next guest in episode 89. This guy went from, from junior hockey player and school guy to no hockey, to no school, to rapper getting on the radio, to now he's a producer and and pumping out clothing lines, and he's dabbling in the real estate agents uh, industry. Like it's This guy is 
jumping from place to place and he's having success in all of them. He's absolutely knows what the hustle hustle entails works his butt off and has a lot of self-recognition at this point. So if nothing else, I think you can take away from this interview that realizing that what you want to do and what makes you happy is the best way to go for whatever career path you choose. I think it's like a big lesson that we learn. Like you can, yeah. you can listen to it and you're going to enjoy it. I think it's some of it's funny. A lot of it is like very interesting in terms of like, Oh my God, I can't believe this guy did this. And it turned into that. But I think at the end of the day, the biggest lesson from what we learn from this guest is that do what makes you happy and don't fall into these things and just do them because they're easy to do, or maybe you're having success, but you don't love it because if you don't love it, it's not for you and it's not going to get you up out of bed every day and it's not going to motivate you. And it's going to, it's, you're going to go down these paths of all these things that you don't really enjoy just because you think, Oh yeah, I can do this. So I might as well do it. Like this guy saw success and things and said, Nope, not for me. I'm going to try something else because I don't want to do this. And I think it's really commendable. So with that being said, I want to introduce our episode 89 guest, a friend of ours, now a friend of the show. Hopefully we'll have him back on soon to share some more stories with you guys. That's chef dare Darius Demetriadis. We're now joined by somebody that we went to high school with and, and we're familiar with him. Um, I know I personally have followed along kind of his progress in, in his musical career, uh, as well as the launch of his new brand, which is pretty exciting. So we thought you guys would like to kind of hear about him and, and his aspirations um, as well. For those of you who don't know, his name is Darius Demetriatis, aka Dare. And uh, yeah, man, we're super excited to have you. How you been? I've been good, man. No complaints. Good to talk to you, boys. Yeah, you too. Yeah. Good to have you on, man. Um, so as McGee said, we did go to high school with you. Uh, went to all went to Book Brothers, but then after high school, you started playing junior hockey, and you were going to school at that time. And then I like you kind of you stopped playing hockey, and I think at the same time you stopped doing school as well, and you started producing, started rapping. Actually, at that point, what was it that made you like? jump into rapping and stuff because i know throughout high school you were really into like pop culture and that kind of stuff but you was never i never really knew that you were that into music or that had that kind of background yeah i think it was kind of it was kind of like a bunch of stuff coming together at once that that made it happen like a bunch of push and pull factors i feel like so at so after after so during high school starting there i yeah i was definitely i loved like i loved listening to the music i was always like into finding new stuff on SoundCloud and shit, trying to find like artists people had never heard of, but, and always just kind of a fan of fashion, pop culture, music, everything kind of all encompassing that. Um, but never, ever thought like that I was going to want to, or try to do anything in that field myself, like kind of be less like anything more than a consumer. And then after high school, I went, out to Burlington to play junior hockey so I moved out of my house for the first time and moved in with a billet and I think it was like and at the same time started going to school at U of T but I was commute I was at I was there part-time so I was commuting from Burlington to Toronto for classes like three times a week right. and just like I didn't know anyone who was going there I wasn't like I was literally driving there going to my classes for like four hours and then driving home I hated every second of it the drive yeah and like at the same time getting out to living on my own for the first time and like partying like, like all the time like being an idiot like I'd go I'd go down on Sunday night and stay with like people I knew at like George Brown like drink all night and shit and then go to my classes on Monday like not giving myself a chance to even really like it so the school thing was like kind of eating at me. I didn't really want to be doing it. The first half of my junior year, I was having fun, like, you know, living away from home, meeting new guys and playing hockey still. And at that time I still like, I still liked hockey a lot, but I was getting to the point where I was like, which I think every guy who plays like a decent level of hockey growing up is like, you get to a point where you start questioning, like one, do I really want to like try and, be what like become like a pro player like go to the nhl like really pursue this and two like even if i do like how realistic is that right and i got to that point and like that combined with me not liking the school and like being on my own and still like you know whatever listening to new music and, and stuff like that like it kind of all hit me at once and i basically halfway through the year of that hockey season i knew i was like i don't get like i don't give a shit about hockey anymore like i wrote it off i stopped like 
like I did, like I barely try and practice my coach. Like I basically told him halfway through the year, like, I don't give a fuck, man. Like I'm, I don't know what yeah. to tell you. And he like, just like, I just buried it. I was, I was like, after the first semester of part-time classes, I told my parents, like, I was like, I kind of, I kind of told them I didn't want to go to school, like period. But I kind of was like, oh, it's so much like travel. And I kind of wrote it off as like, I'm too busy with hockey. Like I'll go back next year, like kind of thing. But Mm -hmm. in the back of my head, I knew I was like, yo, like I, I can't, if I'm doing school, I can't do it like this or whatever that, that season ended. And then this is kind of a funny story, actually. I was in between, so I'm no longer going to school. The hockey season ends. And I'm kind of at a point where I got to have that conversation with my parents where I'm like, because my dad's like, yeah, like, do you like, you can do like summer training program? I was thinking about getting like a trade to a Toronto team to like not have to do the commute and go to school. But in my head, I'm like, you know, I'm not like, I'm not doing this. There's no chance. Yeah. You don't even want to do hockey anymore. Like it's not even no. just the commute. It's, yeah. 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 Like even I'm trying to, but I'm trying to like kind of play both sides. Cause I, at this time, like, pretty unrealistically because now looking back like my dad's super cool and like I could have just talked to him him and my mom about it but I was like I can't I can't stomach telling him that like I just want to quit on hockey because that's what it felt like it was like I'm not giving myself Mm -hmm. the best chance I'm like I feel like I'm quitting on like all the years he's put me through like he's like coming to all my games blah 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 blah. so after like took like three weeks of me like like building up like like the courage to basically like make the decision I was either going to try and get traded to a Toronto team and then go to school at U of T or I was going to quit hockey and go to school full time at this point, like in my head, like I was, I didn't want to go to school, but I was like, that was like, I was, I'm taking this one punch at a time. I'm not about to to give my dad two days at once. (laughs) (laughs) So, so I, this like funny story, I'm in the middle of texting, like new GM for the junior team, trying to figure out a trade. And all my trades are getting blocked. Like, I don't know what, who, which side it was, but in my head, I was like, yo, this guy's like, this guy's, this guy's messing with me, bro. He doesn't want me like to get traded. So I just, one day I was just like, so stressed out trying to make this decision. I just snapped. I was texting him all day, like going crazy. Like you're like, you're a joke, buddy. You're a puppet. Like nobody in this organization respects you. Like, fuck you. Like, fuck everything, everything. (laughs) This little up and then just, just like i don't even know if you responded i was it though. like that was like i just didn't go back i think they might still have my rights if i fucking tried to go play in the oj <laughs> <laughs> so who that was that like that was it it was the weirdest way i could have imagined quitting hockey but i did it i quit um went to school the next year as a full-time student but same deal driving from home this time so like still an hour commute school i did it for mm-hmm. the first semester yeah, because now you're all going from the other way, basically. Yeah, still yeah, doing literally. a commute. It's the exact yeah. same drive, and I'm still don't know anyone there. I still am just driving there and driving home. Now I'm not even going on the Sunday night parties, having a little fun. I live at home. It just sucks, like all together. Yeah. So after the first semester, I was like, "Yo, I'm done. Like, I can't. Like, I can't do this." I talked to both my parents, and that was like an interesting process because my dad, he, my dad works at U of T. So I get like a tuition waiver. So I'm not even paying for tuition when I'm going to school at this point. So it's like, I like basically kind of, you're, you're giving away a free chance, like, cause it's only while he works there. So who knows how long he's going to work there for. Mm -hmm. I basically had like a, like a month long, like back and forth with them basically saying like, you have to do something like you can't just be like you're not playing hockey now you're not going to school and I had no clue really what I wanted to do I just was like I can't do this so long story short my cousin Chris actually who started the beard club the dollar beard club yeah I had a few conversations with him and like he picked my brain and he's basically like man it sounds like you just want to be like an entrepreneur like you don't like because I've never I've never a single day in my life had I had I think I had I've had one job that I actually could consider like a job, job, like punching, like a time shift, whatever. And it lasted for two weeks. I had like a <laughs> shift. I had like two and a half shifts and then I just stopped going. Didn't even quit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, so he's like, he's like, you're wired for it, man. Like you don't, you don't have it. In, like, I don't see it in you. He did that thing. Like he kind of had this struggle where he didn't know what to do for a bit. Went to school, dropped out. He talked to my parents 
we went back and forth and basically it was like kind of with having him there as a more distant mentor, but like someone I could ask questions to that be successful, be like, I'm going to, I'm going to put something together. Like um, I'm going to start my own business and quickly to backtrack to the, get to the music a little bit more specifically. When I was in Burlington, I met my one boy uh, named Joey who had like a little bit of experience with music. Like, like he had recorded some of his friends who like rapped and like he could mix music and stuff. So I started with him just like we, when we were bored, like hanging out, just like, pl- like playing around. He'd write down, like write down bars and shit. And he'd, he'd record me. That was like the first, first introduction I had to any music whatsoever. So the long story short, that's how I got from the hockey path to music. And then kind of just like, but I wouldn't say music was, I didn't take it seriously still. It was kind of like, like, like to me that was a wild like would have been wild like hey i'm quitting hockey i'm not going to school and i'm going to start rapping like <laughs> yeah like yeah my dad would have been like what what are the what the hell are you talking about <laughs> so i was just doing that kind of for fun i don't know if you guys are familiar with the whole with drop shipping that's what i the first thing yeah. i started doing so I, yeah because i talked to you about that and like you and i were talking about some of the things you were up to and like i knew because you had come out to uh western as well and like uh we had hung out there and then you kind of explained to me this is something you're looking into that was when i was in first year so that would have been while you Dude, were going i through remember this. that trip i remember that trip. yeah yeah, and that, <laughs> yeah. Was, and that was the first thing i started doing i had no idea what it was like it's kind of funny now because it's kind of like it's kind of like a meme thing. Like people like at the time. Scheme. Yeah. And that's exactly what it was, dude. Like this was kind of, this was kind of in like it's lead up to its peak. So it wasn't like too corny yet. And like, I did decently well with it, like at the start, but like a couple, like I was following like a course that I got like from that. My cousin gave me, thank God I didn't pay for it. He's like thousand dollar courses. <laughs> but and like it worked pretty well but one like one mistake and i got my facebook ad account flagged and like every ad that i ran from then on just just shit bricks like nothing i went i was like i made like i made like almost 30k in revenue selling some like shitty product and ended up spending exactly 30k like i made zero dollars i broke completely even so can't be that mad like but (laughs) yeah 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 you're not like in the negatives here but at the same time you're looking at it like all right this is a long haul for nothing <laughs> I was right like, now yeah and i was like didn't really have that much guidance in it either i'm like they just terrified me i was like yo like what i don't even I, at the time i didn't even know what i did wrong like to get my like account flagged i was like hey so i could just like this could just like fall out from under me at any time like maybe this is not not what flag. it was yeah. that got flagged i think it was like it was like like repeated like not like spam but there's certain things if you have like if you're selling something that they don't want you to put like like you're not supposed to like advertise like health products like i was dude i was being i was getting wild like i was testing anything like crazy like <laughs> like these like like things that are supposed to like improve your eyesight just like i've never seen or tried one in my life i've no idea how they work and just like sending them to people straight from china that would order them off facebook like didn't care because I was just like, I need to do something, bro. I'm trying to make this work. I think my yeah. dad's going to be cheese. But I think it was good. that. But that was like my first taste of like making the leap to like actually wanting to like own, run, have a business that's like purely dependent on me running. Like as much effort as I put in is as much I'm going to get out kind of thing. Like that was my first exposure to it really. Yeah, I guess at that point, if nothing else, like you at least got a taste of it. You didn't really lose anything from it. You got some experience and kind of got an idea of like what the hustle is and like actually having to work your ass off to put in 30K to just get that 30K back. Like you at least had that experience of like, all right, here's the consequences of what can go on. Yeah, 100%. And I'm very big on, uh, I'm very big on like, like, uh, everything happens for a reason. It's a big saying in my family was my first tattoo. And like, I, even at that time when it was happening, I think I'm pretty good at being like self like aware, like in the moment being like, okay, like this might suck, but like, what, what are the positives of it? And looking back now, probably the biggest thing 
other than that first step into entrepreneurship was like, this was my buffer between like school hockey, me that like was the expectation for so many years with my parents and like moving into like kind of figuring out what I want to do entrepreneurship me where I was like, the longer I can keep this going, like, cause in my head, I was like, I'm not going back to school. Like there's no chance. <laughs> yeah. But like when I was talking to my parents, I was like, yeah, like maybe I'll like, I can always go back for something else at some point, like into a different program. But I was like, I need to like, I need to stretch this out where like, this is a distant memory. Like the, I need to get something good going, like yeah. to see a little success and like farther. So I was happy to keep doing it and keep trying it. But yeah, after a while that uh, I kind of just like, like wrap that up. I was like, yeah, I'm, it's too much of a risk. I wasn't down anymore. So with the drop shipping, what was like the, your one main or biggest takeaway from that experience? Like what's, uh, what's that you took away that you kind of still implement maybe to this day? It was probably, that was probably the first time where there's a few things. I think one, it was that I actually liked holding myself accountable to like how much work you put in is how much like you can get out. Like, like not being like, I have to go do this for this many hours a day. It's like, you know, I want this to work. So I'm going to put in as many hours as I can, like kind of like mindset change Um, that and probably uh, my first introduction to wanting to like to recognize and stay away from like get rich quick schemes because like, <laughs> there's it's so many man there's so many like scams and people like and i swear they get better and better at like selling them like i still sometimes like i'll fall like i'll put my email in for these fucking webinars and whatever and i get the email i'm like no dude this is the same like it's the same it's all the same recycled thing but mm-hmm. yeah definitely the the it was kind of a proving to myself moment that I actually wanted to be like entrepreneurial and start my own thing and hold myself accountable to my own success, basically. Yeah. I think it's pretty interesting uh, how you've gone through like these different progressions and transitions through a, where you wanted your life to be in, like how you thought it was going to go of going to school and playing junior hockey to, okay, maybe I'm just going to go to school and then, okay, no more school. And then even going from, you're saying you started like drop shipping and now you've, and then you recognize like what that entailed and then kind of where you wanted to go in business from there and how the entrepreneurship aspect would go from that point. But like, even within your music itself, there's been like a big transition. And I kind of want to touch on that. Like you said, getting into the music, you started rapping and I know I was following along. I was listening to your stuff and like supporting and like trying to promote it. And then I know like friends at Western, like we were all listening to it. And then it actually got to the point where you ended up with a song on the radio. Yeah. Like, yeah. Was, yeah. It was, it was pretty like, it was progress. It was like, not, I, it always feels like it was a long time, but that was like a pretty quick progression of that. Happening. Yeah. Yeah. It went actually pretty quickly because I remember <laughs> you starting and I remember like, your first drops of songs, like everyone was listening to them at school. And then it was like, holy shit, dares on the radio. And like, I remember that. <laughs> I remember having some people from like high school specifically too, that I hadn't been in touch with, like for those, like, like, like two, whatever year, like two and a half years being like, yo, like what, like, what do you mean? What do you, what, <laughs> what on the radio for what? They're like, I had people like listening to the song and being like, oh, like, did you like, like, did you like produce this? I was like, no, like that's, that's me. Like, that's my voice. Like, I'm like, yeah. I'm yeah. Already, like I kind of didn't even believe it myself at first, but so yeah. All right. Here, wait, maybe if you have something to, if you had a further on that question, let me know. Well, I was kind of just going to ask about like that progression and like going into like, okay, I'm going to not just rap for like fun with my buddy, but now I'm going to like produce a song to now I'm on the radio. Like, could you yeah. just take us through that a little bit? So, so I, originally so i originally started rapping and then like i had my friend mixing and mastering like so like recording my vocals and like editing them mm-hmm. and then it got to the point where i was like having so much fun like writing like writing raps and like recording on beats and stuff that like i started learning to record myself and mix the vocals because like when he couldn't come over or whatever and i had something like i was just impatient i was like i don't want to wait i don't want to like send this guy files and i'm very like i was very picky even from the start of like how i wanted to sound like if i heard a little thing off like it's either me spending two hours going back and forth with you to fix this one little thing or like i'm gonna learn and i can just do it as i go so i started learning how to engineer and record myself and edit my vocals 
and then just started doing that like off my computer bought like a little shitty usb microphone um and was like getting beats off youtube like writing just whatever like anything that i could sound good getting good at it and it was literally for fun i wouldn't even show anybody like other than this my one boy that like i kind of started it with like mm-hmm. it was purely like for my like as a hobby kind of thing right and then that kind of led me to getting to the point where i was like okay hey, well i like i i want to learn how to make the beat as well like i was just rapping and i was like okay hey, let me start teaching myself how to how to produce and shout out to um Taryn if you guys remember Taryn from Bill's yeah. year old nice he like I used I was going to him for like a year and he started teaching me how to produce so making my own beats whatever still at this point like completely as a hobby and then um once I got decent with the beats I was like you know what man like because that throughout this like learning how to like make beats and get decent at like all this stuff engineering the beats still like getting better at rapping and writing I was I was trying different stuff. Like I was doing like custom, I would buy, like I've always been buying and selling shit, which we can talk about in a bit. Cause I still do that to this day. I have some (laughs) stories about that. I don't know if you remember, but like I buy and sell stuff. Like I'd go thrifting. I'd find like vintage clothes. I'd sell it. I was like trying to make custom, like custom hoodies and random stuff like that. So I just had like little hustles that I was kind of picking up and putting down intermittent stuff, learning how to produce. And then I started taking producing seriously and my this guy Joey that I started making the music with brought me to a studio session and, and like I had to like finesse my way in like it was it was this artist named Foreign um his buddy and it was his session and like they like I basically I brought a fucking DSLR camera I don't know how to do shit with like I took photography in high school but like, I don't know like what I'm just so they're like I'm like yeah I'm gonna come take pictures and just like sneak like sneak my way into the studio session basically see if I could get someone to go like on my beats. Cause even though I started rapping first, like I didn't want to be a rapper. I just like, I, I like started rapping for fun, but then it was like more so just to see if anything sounded good on my beats. I was like, if I could make yeah. a decent song on my beat, like I know my production's like, okay, at this point. So right. I sneak my way into this studio session and I meet um, a few guys that are in there and my boy is like towards the end of the session. He's like, yo, like, play them, play them some of your songs. I was like, yo, like, I don't want to play these guys my songs. Like, I, it's like, I'm trying to get like get some beats to this rapper, like see if they'll want to do something. It's like, no, no, dude, play them your songs, play them your songs. Like, okay, whatever, fine. Play the songs. And they're like, like, like freaking out. Like, this is you. Like, what the fuck? You're just sitting here with a camera. Like, why didn't you tell us? <laughs> like, <laughs> why didn't you tell us at first? And like, they're like hyping me up, hyping me up. And I was like, I'm not like generally a shy like guy, but when it came to that, I was like, I didn't, I had no plans on being like being a rapper, like putting out music that was like not in the cards whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And they're like, yo, like, like we got to like, Hey, take my number, take my number. So I got their information, whatever, whatever. And they're basically like over the next like couple weeks being like, like I started going around, I started recording, like, not like myself, but like, like engineering for people producing, giving some of their boys that they knew that were making music beats and like the whole time they're like, they're like, yeah, like you got to Like, you have to release music, man. Like you have to, like, you're better than half the people we hear. I'm like, no, no, no. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to. Like eventually they're like, yo, like what's the worst that can happen? You put it out, people flame you and say your shit. And then you don't put any more. I was like, you know what? Fine. But if I'm going to do it, like I'm going to do it. And I'm like, at this point, I'm rec- like, I'm making all my own beats. I'm writing on my own shit recording it like engineering it mixing it like front like top to bottom so like i didn't really need anyone like i i bought a bunch of equipment at this point mm-hmm. and i could like from start to finish make the beat write the words record it make it sound good and like i have like decent photo and video editing skills so like i was making my own cover art and like uploading it to wherever so i like basically the plan was uh once every I think it was, was it once a week. I think I was putting out a song every Friday. I just like decided yeah. I was, like if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. So I'm like, I'm just going to start dropping a song every Friday. Like, like if I'm and it was honestly, it was one of the most like anxiety, like anxious I've ever been like for to put out that first song. I was like, this is so like, all I could think about was like, this must be so random for someone I haven't seen in a little while <laughs> yeah. to like, 
to see Cavell. Like, what do you like? It read him, but I just went for it. Well, like, I remember because I was still like talking to you, and like, we had friends that were going to Western that, like, we I talked to who knew what was going on, and like, I kind of knew some of the stuff you were up to to an extent. And then it was like, all of a sudden, a song came out. I was like, oh shit, like, (laughs) (laughs) what's going on? And like, also, I feel like part of like that wow factor was like the kind of music I was making. Like, it was very like, semi singy like melodic like not mm-hmm. like i wasn't like it wasn't like kind of like your traditional like rap like hard like whatever like it could have been it could have easily been very corny like if like if you had told someone like yeah dare put out a song they'd be like what like what <laughs> yeah, does that yeah. sound like so it caught people off guard like i think i don't know not to toot my own horn but like i was coming out the gate pretty pretty good for someone who had not been doing it that long yeah agreed. and caught people off guard and like especially when they found out i was doing like top to bottom like making the beats mixing it like doing all my own whatever video stuff um people people mess with it and like i had decent like you know knowledge of how like the industry was just from being a fan and like social media and like getting people to repost it whatever i knew to submit it to like like radio stations like the bag like playlist whatever to see some see some stuff happen and i just went for it just started dropping songs every friday and like kind of and then randomly i get one on the radio like i did like you literally like i literally like every one i would email it to the all the radio stations thing like i just read whatever on like blogs and shit that you're supposed to do and i get a dm on instagram one day from uh, I think his name is Peter Jackson, Flow 93.5. He's like, yo, your song's going to be on like this Thursday at this time. I was like, no way, man. Like, what? <laughs> and I got, I, it was great. I honestly had to say, I like, cause at this time, like I'm doing it. And like from the surface level, if you're looking at like my Instagram or even if I had talked to you in person, like I, like it seemed like I was like confident probably and like excited to push it out. I was still tripping every time, every <laughs> like the whole time. It's like wh- I'll be like lying in bed sometimes. Like, what is like? Yeah, I have a song dropping tomorrow morning that I have to put out. Like, what since when, dude? Like, yeah. Just, yeah. <laughs> like who's like who is this guy? I'm like, but I was just I don't know. Kind of just like if I'm gonna do it, I gotta do it. So. That's quickly cool. on that what was the song called and are you still able to find it because i tried the other day and i couldn't really yeah it's yeah. they're all still up there uh the song was called uh, the song's called notes right um notes and uh it's all under wait let me make sure it's still all there i haven't looked in a while but yeah uh artist name is just dare and it was notes um that was that was yeah and that was the first song i put out too that ended up on like the radio which was kind of yeah like, first song ever just yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and like and yeah like and i had already had a few songs out too but it was the first one that got selected or whatever but um so that that i went for like probably i guess it was probably like a like a six month span that i was kind of putting those like singles and stuff out and then like i did a few shows like i went to ottawa we put on a show like with like the group of guys that we had um i went to like a few of these like showcase things and performed i went like downtown for one that uh showed to kyle archer he put on he's from aurora um and i was kind of just doing the thing like i didn't even know like i was like i guess this is like what i'm gonna do i was like looking for like a shot of music video which never came out that i still have um which is weird like just just, like it was just i remember you doing that yeah dude the whole thing looking back was such a like it was so it was so strange (laughs) and then yeah i eventually got to a point and i have a funny story i can actually tell it depending on i don't know am i allowed to say whatever on here doesn't matter (laughs) like i'm not gonna get go for it (laughs) so so if you know me now basically i'll kind of i'll backtrack it after i say this but now i only I only produce like I haven't put right. out any songs where I'm rapping in like uh, I guess what like, like just like over a year almost two years now um so a couple years ago at a one of my buddies parties that you know but I'm not gonna name yeah <laughs> well, like, I like uh, the start of this though yeah just I'm not I'm not naming any names I don't want to get anyone in trouble it wasn't no it's not too crazy but so I was at this party and this was my first time ever doing shrooms. 
I'm sorry, mom, if you watch this, which you probably will at some point. <laughs> at a, I'm dude, at a house back, how big was this party? Dude, I feel like- so this was, it, let's start off with saying it wasn't supposed to be a party. It was supposed <laughs> to be like the six of us or seven of us, like hanging out and like whoever was going to do them was going to do them. And it was just like a chill night. And like, this was like, like decently safe environment, just like chill it in the house with the boys. Mm-hmm. And like, we all take them. And within like half an hour, his brother comes in with like, like 25 people. Oh, that's not good. <laughs> and then people start hearing about like that. There's like 25 people. So people like our age start coming, like this turns into a full party. And like, it's like, people are there, they have, and I'm just like, they haven't even hit me yet. I'm like, and I'm already worried, like going in, like, I was like, I didn't know how I was gonna like it, whatever, like the regular anxiety, once all the people were there, and they still hadn't hit me, I was like, oh, like, this is gonna be fucked. Like, I'm not ready for this <laughs> whatsoever. Dude, I end like, so they hit me at whatever point, there's a house full of people, there's music banging, like people were everywhere I look, like I'm bumping in. I was so fucked, man. I had my winter jacket on inside, just like with the hood <laughs> on, like just like I had to stay in the room that had the lights on. I was like, yo, dude, the dark rooms, like it's fucking scary. And it's like if you've ever done them, they come in waves. So like that'd be like tripping for a bit, and then I'd be like, okay. And that's when I could like talk to people, but I was just like trying to keep myself together. And then at one point, whoever was on the ox had it on shuffle, or no, they didn't. Someone put it on. They put on one of my songs, and I'm geeked like on like like and everyone in the party looks at me and i'm just like (laughs) like just like whoa and i'm hearing my voice coming to the speaker like people are coming out to me and like normally you'd think like for someone who wants to be like an artist like this is like this is the goal right like you're like center of attention whatever like this happened and i don't know if it was just like another perfect storm in that moment where i was not feeling it whatever but like i heard my song on and everyone like the attention was on me and all i could think of in my head is like i do not want this and it's not even just right now like i was like i do not want to be like put myself on a pedestal like everyone look at me like look at the like listen to my song like i want to be and like mm. i had this like turning point in my head where i was like i still don't really want to do this like i started off not really wanting to i was kind of giving it a shot and it all happened so fast. Like I'm on the radio, I'm doing shows and whatever. I'm talking to like these people, these people, these people, like, like I kind of lost sight of like, I never really had that. Moment where I, was up like, in it. I don't, I, I really want to do this. It was just like, kind of like I fell into it and I ended up being like pretty good at it and it was working out. But that moment I was like, yo, like, I don't, I'm not interested in like the, I loved making the music, like the literal art and like putting the songs together. But like, all the extra like curricular shit that comes with it, like having to like be on Instagram, like posting yourself, listening to all the time, like like being in people's face, like, yo, listen to me, listen to me. Like I'm the next best, like blah, 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 whatever. All the extra like kind of shit that comes with it. I was like, I, it's not really me, bro. Like I don't, right. like I didn't like it. And it was kind of crazy. Like the next day I woke up and like, it like, like I figured maybe like it would just like as in the moment thing, but it stuck with me. I was like, yo, like I really don't want to do this. And this was like around Christmas time. The next in that coming January, I had surgery on my knee um, for I had a torn meniscus just from like playing like what a pickup ball with the boys. And I, yeah, fucking brutal, dude. Terrible. <laughs> That's landed, tough. jumped and landed in a divot in the ground. Bricked oh, terrible, nice. Terrible. And then, so I kind of had like a month where I was like, at home like bedridden i wasn't doing like all the stuff i was doing previously for the music stuff like i wasn't seeing the guys who were like my like managers like the team and whatever that i was working with and just thinking like dude what do i want to do like how am i going to break this to them and it just came to the decision eventually i was like yo like i really like i really just don't want to do this like i Mm -hmm. love the producing more than anything that's kind of what i want to stick with and like leave the door open for like the future, you know, not saying like I wouldn't put out music again, but like, I'm not looking to be like push myself as like the artist and like try and I don't have it in me, bro. Like, I don't like that moment show me like, I don't want to be like everyone like up looking at you. Like I'm a pretty like low key laid back guy. Like I, like I hang out with my friends. Like I chill at home. I like making beats. Like I don't, I'm not trying to be like some, you know, the next fucking Drake. and i was like who am i kidding like and if i know this now there's so many people who are like doing the music thing that want that so bad that i'm like eventually it's going to catch up to me where i'm just not going to be willing to do the things they're willing to do and i'm like i have like 
a ceiling set on myself already and I recognize it and I was like yeah like I just got to call it now I can't I, I like I didn't I didn't have it in me to kind of like live like it like fake it till I made mm-hmm. it kind of thing when I didn't even want to make it so it was pretty yeah, yeah it was pretty intense I'm not even gonna lie because like it's a pretty big jump to I already made a pretty big jump from like a one-year change from scholar hockey player to fucking <laughs> rapper, rapper on the radio <laughs> and, then, and then I was like I'm just gonna like if people are gonna think I'm having like an episode mm. so but, yeah. were, you, were you making any money off your music at this time or was it when you first started producing beats that you kind of figured out that hey I can turn this into a business at that time I was making like from my actual music I wasn't making any money no I wasn't even trying like I had been posting my like beats and stuff but I wasn't really like it was like to no one like I was like throwing them into the void like I was putting them on account but not really promoting them just Mm -hmm. like to kind of do it and then even when I like I still barely made like I barely made any money like in that rapping phase like like I wasn't getting crazy streams like that like I had people liked it I was on a few playlists I probably made like a couple hundred bucks to this day still from whatever streams off the rapping but I was making money doing like recording people in studios like recording them like getting paid like hourly to mix and master like picking it up here and there but um until yeah no I didn't I didn't make any money until after I'd stopped like doing the rapping off music really so now to tie it back kind of because you talked about like going into doing the thrifting and like selling, buying, selling clothes before, like kind of just to wrap it up, I want to talk about your brand that you just released not too long ago. I think it was actually two months ago at this point is Tired Minds. Uh, yeah, Dare's rocking it right now. So if you're watching on YouTube, you can see he's wearing a t-shirt right now, Tired Minds t-shirt. Tired Minds apparel. Apparel. So there you go. So check them out on Instagram. Check out Dare's Instagram account as well. But how did you decide to start this and like who's involved? What went into tired minds? Like, okay. T- tell us about that. So this I'm going to clear. I have to clear this up because I've okay. been getting for certain things, way too much credit for things I'm not doing. Okay. So me and me and my boy, Rye, Ryan Cobart, um, mm. it was been, it's a couple months ago. He, like we had been just kind of, we for a while had like even a couple of other than me and him, a couple of the boys saying like, man, like, we should start a clothing brand like always kind of floated the idea around but like never really did anything about it i've like kind of teased at doing it like as like a when i was rapping to like a half merch half clothing line like it's always something i wanted to do like like i love clothes i spend like absurd amount of money on like different stuff i'm always buying new shit so i'm like i should like i might as well make stuff that i like and wear it so one day we were just talking and we kind of like finally got to that point where you cross over into being semi-serious like dude like i think we could do it like like let's come up with a name like let's think of something like not just kind of be wishy-washy and like throw the idea around so me and him we kind of like threw it up to some of the other boys and like it was like you know just like as like a courtesy thing see if anyone wanted to be involved but me and him were the two that were down and uh it just kind of started from there he he like from the even from the start so he had like the idea he had like the kind of the the vision for what he wanted like it's very much like uh i don't even know what the like the best way. it's like it's like streetwear mixed with like this new that new this new like mgk kind of like punk rockish like old school yeah. skater vibe like that kind of stuff like that that kind of wave and he had this like he's like man i see i see this being like a big thing like this is the kind of music i've always like we all we all listened to it when we were younger like the like the kind of like the punk scene whatever like little singing in your feels band yeah the blink 22 some 41 like all that stuff so it's like i see it being big i want to make it like i love this kind of shit i'm like dude i'm in like and mind you even from the start of this time i was like i'm in but like i want to be more like uh focused on the business side of things like I'm not, I'm not like necessarily looking for like a new creative endeavor. Like where it's like, I'll have a say and like help with designs and whatever, but I'd rather like be here to like market scale, like do mm-hmm. advertising, that kind of stuff. Like the more the business side of it, which is like what kind of realistically excites me more. And uh, he was like, yeah, I'm down. So like we kind of took our roles in that. We started the brand. I've got like our first samples, created the logo, blah, blah, blah. And just like said, fuck it basically and started it up. But yeah, this is what I have to clear up. So I I didn't like this isn't like my brand. Realistically, it's his more than it's mine. Okay. And it's just me wanting to rep it as hard as I can. And like I'll help with like the advertising, the budgeting, whatever, like whatever I can. 
But yeah, I want to give him credit because he, this weekend the same thing happened. So I was like, oh, yo, you're bread, you're bread. But yeah, it's rice bread. Okay. That like is nasty. And I'm like, I, because really I like originally I was going to be 50 50, but I, I just have too many, I have too much shit. I was like, I'm going to be a bad, if I can, I don't want to be, I'd rather not consider myself 50 50 than be like a shitty 50 50 partner. Yeah. Right. So like, I like, I care equally as much as I did when I was 50 50, but like, I don't. I don't consider myself like the co-owner necessarily. Yeah. Okay. Between running like the back end of the Shopify or the business side of that brand. And then you said you designed your own digital art for your album cover and learning how to produce and everything like YouTube must've been your best friend, man. I, I, I would, Oh dude, I would, I can't imagine how many hours of man. YouTube you have logged. Bro, YouTube for lit- YouTube. This is what I like. I don't want it. sounds so corny. Like, and I almost wish I wasn't about to say this, but it's like YouTube is like school of sorts. If you use it, like if you have the intention to use it that way, like I've learned, I even, even all my music shit, like ha- basically other than like the basics that Taryn showed me in producing, like everything I've learned is from YouTube. Like everything I've learned about other like graphic design and like video editing, producing, learning how to like run ads and like do marketing anything but like I'm getting I'm just like in the past year I've started getting more into real estate with my dad like learning about different stuff like that there's like the like how shit works like YouTube is insane and like obviously there's some things like you get into books or you get like you have to actually pay for coaching or course whatever but like there's so much like everything like I spend I I people like hate when I say this and I don't know why I get so much what I talk about but like I like haven't watched other than this one show recently. I haven't watched Netflix in like three years. Like every, everything I'm doing, even if it's like kind of like mindless shit for entertainment, like it's on YouTube. Like that's my, my number one platform, a hundred percent. I can't believe how much, like, I guess it's the name of the game. They offer other products, but I can't believe how much people offer for free. Like it almost doesn't make sense. <laughs> yeah, I know. I remember knowledge. like doing everyone's uh, knowledge. Yeah, yeah, I remember doing like school, like classes at school and like I'm studying for an exam and I just go on YouTube and just like learn it through YouTube to go into 100%. the exam because it's like it's there and you can yeah, just find it for free. Guitar, Man, and this, music. Yeah, right. dude. And like it's like I almost can't even blame like I'm thinking like a prof, like what motivation does this prof have to like frame this shit in a way to me that actually like, is easy for me to learn and what makes me get it like you're getting paid either way. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like when you're on YouTube, giving this shit away for free, like you, your value comes in. Like when people are giving you likes, they're subscribing to you, they're showing other people, like for them to stick around and for you to reap the benefits, you have to put out like good product, good education. Like you have to teach it well. So it's like, yeah. they have a direct motivation to show you the only thing where it gets a little trippy is if you find like, if you're looking at the wrong people, like there's so many people who want to teach it that they have no idea about. Like they're yeah. trying, like they pretend like they have knowledge on stuff and they just don't know anything. But yeah, if you can weed it out, man, like it's just, it's just like highly motivated people who actually want to help you, which is yeah, like, what else can you, what else can you ask for, dude? Yeah. And like for like any niche, anything ever. Yeah. Well, Dare, thank you for doing this. Thanks for taking the time to come on here. We'll have to have you on again and like kind of break down some more of like maybe just some Dude, of the I rapping stories. Of doing... <laughs> yeah, I think we're at like 45 minutes now here. But like we'll have to talk about some of the, even just the stories of going and doing like the concerts and the shows you guys are doing and maybe even get more into uh, maybe we'll have to have Ryan on next time and like talk about the tired minds and get him to break yeah, that down. Yeah, for tired, uh, you should definitely have him on because he's, dude, that guy, that guy, so he finds these like right now i'll just do a quick little piece like he finds these influencers that are like coming up in this scene like these tiktok kids and shit that i've never i saw he has a guy who floyd mayweather trains dude yes this guy's he's, he's on the money team yeah man he's just, <laughs> she's like one day we're at the cottage like boozing and this guy posts a picture on instagram wearing this shirt with his yeah. arm around floyd mayweather like this i'm like dude how did you know what like how do you find this guy He's yeah. like some 15 year old boxing prodigy, but yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. I'm like what the fuck? I'm like, yeah. So definitely have him on. Uh, I'm definitely down to come back on too. I got, yeah. all, uh, I got Sweet, stories to tell. Yeah. That's awesome. Thanks there for doing this. We really appreciate you taking the time and uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Of course, boys keep after it. I love the show.
Thanks for having me. Thanks, man. Thanks for Thank coming you. on. Thanks again for uh, Jared for coming on and joining us. Man, like we've had some big name guests in the past. We've had like recognized people in radio, musicians, um, entrepreneurs, Biz Nasty, James Duffy, Cabby. Like we have some big name guests, but I think this interview might have been one of my favorites mm-hmm. because it hit closer to home. It was some guy who was our age, a friend of ours that we we know personally, and then to see him kind of make all these things happen for himself, kind of kind of like. I'm here working my internship job. I'm doing whatever I want to do. And it's not what I want to do. However, he was one guy who kind of made that realization and then pulled the, pulled the trigger on it. He's like, well, yeah. it doesn't make me happy. Let me just do something for myself. And although I may not be successful right away, like he has enough self-belief where he can make that happen for himself. And as we discussed later in that interview is if you want to learn something or if you want to get better at something, there's all the resources you need like online. Yeah. Obviously don't buy shit. Don't like, <laughs> look at shit uh people and shit tutorials online but all the there are good tutorials online and good lessons and you can learn anything you want to that goes beyond just reading shit out of a university uh textbook and again i think one of the points that resonate resonated with me is why maybe university is not all that in a bag of chips is what incentives the profs have yeah have that salary. was pretty interesting actually yeah, yeah. So David and i had never thought about it that way but the only incentive someone on youtube or the internet has to teach you is subscribers and yeah. and views so why the hell would they be dishing out a shit product if they were serious about it and i was like wow yeah. okay i never thought about it like that that was that was awesome so i was like hit it close to home for me it, it definitely resonated with me and and gave me a lot to think about and just in, even in terms of this podcast alone uh about like any new skills i want to develop or anything i want to introduce or learn or pick up editing you name it like it's all out there and whatever you want to do go for it make it happen for yourself yeah. So as long as you like there. go all in on it too. Right. Like, I think yeah. that was one of the big things for him is like, he never half asked himself into no. something. I think the wrapping might be something that people would be like, Oh, that was kind of half-assed. But I think at the end of the day, like, even when he said he was going to put out an album, he decided like, or not album, but like songs, he was like, what a day. if I'm going to do this, like I have to do it and I have to go in on it. Like starting the wrapping was maybe what you could call half-ass. Like I, I wouldn't say he was half-assing it, but he kind of had a toe in the water and was just feeling it out, seeing what it was like. And that was kind of his initial response or like initial feeling of it. But like, once he decided he was going to do it, he was like, I'm in. And he just jumped into it, started producing, started rapping, and then started doing shows. Like this guy was like full committed to it until he reached to the point of like, I don't like doing this or I don't want to do this. And then like full went into producing. And then that's kind of where he's at with that. So I think that was one of the big things too, which was, was pretty cool. Yeah. So, and I was talking to you before this episode started, it's just like not realizing kind of like Darren and I weren't that close, nor are we like super tight now. I'm not going to sit mm-hmm. here and, and, and lie to anybody that's on the podcast. So it was super nice to catch up with him and then realize like, wow, like it's kind of incredible that like someone who's I've known for a long time. Yeah. I didn't know like this was going on in his life. That's super yeah. cool to hear. So I told you like, we got to get more just friends and, and, people acquaintances on the podcast yeah. just to kind of learn about them and maybe make that labs and launchers more um more real more authentic yeah no i agree it was really cool to hear that it was really cool to catch up with him i think a bunch of times during the episode i had kind of mentioned like i had heard some of these things from him um it was like we uh he has friends that go to western so i would see him a whole bunch out there and like i know you said you'd see him at the bars but, like i'd end up like kind of at parties with him or whatever and in first year one of the things i had talked about was just briefly, like he, he came out to Western to visit like one of our friends whose birthday it was. And I went up to see them and like say happy birthday and whatever. And he was like, Oh, like, like, yeah, let's see your room. So we go down to my room to like see it. And basically for the entire rest of the night, dare stayed in my room or like on my floor. And we just like partied with the people on my floor. And I woke up the next morning in my roommate's bed. My roommate was in my bed and dare was sleeping on the floor in our room. <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> <laughs> and dare was just like, holy shit. Like I never went back. He just stayed in our room the whole time, like hung out with us. So like, and it was just some of these things like he would come and like him and I would just talk about like, what are you up to? Like what's going on? And I would hear like all these things that he was kind of going through and like, I'd never really fully got the full understanding of what was happening. I just knew like tidbits of it. And even when I talked about like with him in the episode about the rapping, like I knew he was doing it. Cause like he'd come out and told me or like we talked about it. And then he's like, yeah, like blah, blah, blah. And then it was like, all of a sudden he posted that he had a song out. And I was like, Oh, okay, shit. I didn't know this guy was going to like go that far with it, you know? Yeah, and then yeah. to hear like the whole backstory with him and like actually talk to him about it, it was really cool. Yeah. 
So I, I, I'll take that to my grave that this is probably my top three Lads and Launchers interviews. Yeah, it was really cool. It was yeah, really it was cool awesome. to catch up with him and hear that. Yeah. Yeah, McGee, thanks to Dare for coming on. That was really cool. Really cool to hear his story and just how he's progressed and transitions that he's made in his life to get to the point where he is today. We wish him nothing but the best. And I obviously, this guy's having a lot of success in the things that he's doing. He's going full on into it. Make sure you check out his Instagram page because he promotes the uh like the beats that he's making on there the tracks that he's making so if you are a singer a rapper whatever the case may be and you want to you want to jump on one of his songs or you think that this guy might be able to help you make sure you go over there and check it out chef dare on instagram um we'll link hit him up we'll link it but hit him up maybe even just ask him questions because this guy has talked about how much he learned from other people just by asking them questions and he's 100% the type of person to talk to you and help you out because I I know like he understands the grind of it and he understands the hustle that goes into this and he'd be willing to give it back and help other people out because honestly helping other people out can only help yourself in the long run and I know that he's into that stuff and then the other thing is make sure you check out and he clarified it's not his clothing line, but it's a clothing line that he's a part of. It's actually a friend of mine that I played minor hockey with in Aurora, Ryan Covert, his clothing line, Tired Minds, uh, Tired Minds Apparel. You can find it on Dare's Instagram, Ryan Covert's Instagram, or you can just find the Instagram itself. Just search up Tired Minds. It'll come up on there. But Tired Minds Apparel is what it's called. Pretty cool logo, pretty cool just overall vibe and feel of the clothing line. And uh, make sure you check that out. Yeah. It's it. I've seen it all over my feed. It looks sick. The merch is unreal. So yeah, um, like Philly said, check that out. Without further ado, I mean, I, I got not much more to say. The one yeah. thing I will say is we kind of alluded to this at the beginning of the episode. Things are in the works. And yes, Palooza has not been forgotten about. We will try. There's no timeline as of right now, but if everything goes smoothly this year in terms of COVID and all that, it's in my... Um, I'm manifesting. I'm manifesting that will be ha- that will it'll happen this year. Yeah. Whether that be fall semester or winter semester, uh, we have a, a venue in mind. We have uh, performers in mind. We have we have we're, we've visualized and would like a lot of things to happen. And I think it's very well within the realm of possibility that we get it done this year. Um, yeah. And we'll keep you updated on that. All right, McGee, episode 89, that about does it for this one. It was a pretty cool episode, pretty cool interview. I think our player battle was great, but uh, more things coming from us. So make sure you stay tuned. Like and subscribe on YouTube. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, whatever you're listening to on. Give us a review. uh, Rate the podcast. We appreciate that. And uh, yeah, guys, stay tuned for our next episodes. We have some more things coming, more things in the the works. So yeah, yeah, it's pretty exciting for us, and we hope you guys are uh, enjoying it. And the only way you can kind of keep up to date and see what's coming is if you catch us next week. Same time, same place, same launchers. Cheers, Lots and Cheers.